HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with the man behind The Recipe Project, TheRecipeProject.com, Michael Hurst. Hello. How's it going? And Lee Newman, Lee the publisher. Newman too, yes. Yeah, Black Balloon Publishing, based here in Brooklyn, right? Yep. Keeping it in local. Tempo. Excellent. Well, we're here at Roberta's uh, talking about this very exciting release. Michael was actually on Heritage Radio Network uh, a long, long time ago on Sarah O'Brien's show. I come for the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> the radio secondary. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, that was a part of the impetus of me. Working here? Yeah. Every Tuesday. Weekly free pizza. I'm, I'm well It's fed. not a bad gig. No, not I at all. I might have to get my own show here. <laughs> Bring, you could just be like my Ed McMahon if you'd like. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize Can you, you could cut do that, that out? so well. <laughs> live show, live show. Um the Recipe Project, very cool project. It's Thank you. a blend of not only music and food, but behind-the-scenes looks on how music affects food, how music is a motive of food. Um, what was the reasoning for doing this album? You had priorly done an album, uh, Songs for Ice Cream Trucks. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I am hugely passionate about food, always have been, and uh, in fact, my whole family... Uh, are food lovers. <laughs> I guess most families are food lovers. Um, but, you know, my mother's uh, side of the family is all from New Orleans, and, and I grew up eating lots of amazing food uh, from her. And uh, my father doesn't know how to cook, so I ended up going out to eat at lots of amazing restaurants <laughs> growing up. Um, it worked out nicely. And, uh, and it happens that my sister has been working in the food industry for a while. She first started working as Mark Miller's assistant many years ago and then met 
Chris Cosentino, who was rather unknown then and now is much more known, as you know, because you work with him also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just got back from San Francisco. his cookbook. So. You've, even, you've, even, you've seen their new house. I haven't even seen it yeah. yet. You're better connected <laughs> to my family than I am. Yeah. Um, but so at some point, talking with Chris, we had released, One Ring Zero had released an album a few years ago of songs with lyrics by different authors, people like Dave Eggers and Rick Moody and Neil Gaiman, Margaret Atwood, etc. And and Chris was like, wow, you should do something like this, but with chefs, um, which I thought was, it was always in my head and seemed like a great idea, but uh, it also seemed like a really difficult idea. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, we gave it our best shot and we uh, started asking chefs for recipes and, and started, started setting them to music and uh, soon enough we actually had enough material to do something with it. Excellent. Well, I've heard Chris's <laughs> yeah. song, which is amazing, the Brandon Eggs, Beastie well, Boys style yeah. mashup. Was that the first one? Was that the first recipe song that you actually collaborated on? Well, yes and no. I mean, I, I tend to say that it was, but it, simultaneously we were working on the song with Mario Batali. Around the same time that I was thinking about doing this with Chris, I got to know Pam Louie, who was Mario Batali's assistant. Pam would come into Colson Patisserie, a little pastry shop just a few blocks from my house where I spend way too much time. <laughs> and uh, And at some point I asked Pam, what would it take to get a recipe from Mario? knowing that if I had a recipe for Mario and for my brother-in-law, that was a good starting point for the project. And uh, Pam looked up at the uh, cookies and said, maybe a few of those. (laughs) (laughs) So I gave her a few cookies, and soon enough, uh, there was a recipe for Mario. And and so we had Batali and my brother-in-law, Chris Cosentino, and that was the starting point. Um, And two diversely different recipes. Yes, very different and musical styles. Yeah. For Mario, we did this kind of Italian Tarantella thing, and, and for Chris, he really wanted a white boy. Ra- I, I should mention here that part of the fun is asking the chefs what style of music yeah. they like, and that's what, another obstacle to deal with. As, as if setting a recipe to music is not tricky enough, trying to do it in the style suggested by the chef just adds another layer of uh, fun absurdity to it. Yeah, but I think there was like an understood genre. I mean, with John Besh... It obviously was resonant of New Orleans. Sure. It wasn't like he was saying, "Oh, let's do some klezmer music." It would have been. I mean, I love the New Orleans klezmer all stars. Yeah, great. <laughs> but uh, no, he he said he wanted Zydeco, and um, and that was actually one that we could do fairly easily because we have an accordion player, and it's not far from what we do. Um, whereas white boy hip hop was a bigger challenge, but a lot of fun. Oh yeah, um, that was the first time I've ever rapped and. Uh, Thanks to Black Balloon Publishing, my <laughs> rapping is now exposed to the world. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And we even have a video of that one oh, that's right. on the website. An awesome video, yeah. Yeah, of Chris dancing. He he still hates me for that. I, yeah. I <laughs> snuck in the kitchen like during rush hour at the restaurant, whatever, and um, he was not happy. Yeah. Despite looking happy in the video. He did look happy. Uh, the The recipe itself, even though it is brains, which a lot of people are scared of, is a very happy and delicious recipe. Well, yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, Chris's take, it's not like, this is gross, let's cook this. It's really more about using the whole animal, the head to tail, and and these are parts of animals that are completely edible and, and healthy and good for you, and, and it's otherwise they're wasted and thrown out. So that's really what he's trying to say more than gross brains and eggs. Yeah. Uh, and I ate it, and it was tasty. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And you've eaten through all these recipes. 
Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Batali's, uh, what is it, the Sweet 100s? I, that's a staple at my house. Um, yeah, we, we make that a lot, and it's such a simple and delicious recipe. And it's um, I've even started adding, like, dollops of uh, ricotta cheese to it just to make it even more awesome than it already is. Yeah. But it's great. And, and that was one of the turning points with this whole project was realizing that uh, while working on these songs, wait a minute, I now have the lyrics memorized, which means I now have the, the recipe memorized. Yeah. And that was a very cool sort of moment. Yeah, well, I mean, the mnemonic device, the right. roads, it is Sesame Street to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, all we learned food-wise there was cookies. Right, So <laughs> right. So you're actually giving not only a technical education, but uh, kind of this cultural um, education as well. Uh, yeah, it wasn't even necessarily my intention, but that's great. I'm yeah. happy that happened. <laughs> yeah. John Besch's Shrimp Remoulade. Yes. Um, you grew up in around New Orleans. I did, yeah. Um, mother is from there, and we still have a house there, and I go there. You know, I was there three times this year alone and, and uh, do my own amount of New Orleans-style cooking. Just made a gumbo a couple nights ago. Yeah. I started with a roux. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, roux is a pretty good word for songs, right? Roux, yes, it's a great word. It's also a small, um, short version of a kangaroo, which is fun, too. Oh, R-O-O, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. spelled differently. <laughs> um, I want to talk about a couple of the other recipes. David Chang's main crab claws, mm-hmm. or Jonah main, main crab, Jonah crab yeah. claws. Yeah. With a yuzu, yuzu vinaigrette. Main. Yuzu mayonnaise, yeah. Mayonnaise. Get it right, Turkel. <laughs> I only have to interview Look, the, man, this time. You're the I one came that came all the way from Park Slope. <laughs> I well, I mean, the G is <laughs> trial and tribulation. Oh, there's itself. a G and an L involved. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't envy that commute. But that recipe, um, paired with that song, brings that recipe to a whole other place. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, um... So David, uh, when we asked him what style of music he wanted, he said he was a big fan of pavement, first and foremost, yeah. um, and the magnetic fields. And it was a no-brainer, because <laughs> Claudia is one of my closest friends, Claudia Gonson of yeah. the magnetic fields, and she actually helps manage my career, and I help take care of her baby <laughs> in return. Um and uh, so it was very easy to get Claudia to walk over and, and sing that recipe. And, and the fun of it is it does kind of sound a little bit like a magnetic field song, but then we put 20 guitar tracks on there to make it sound like pavement, too. So it's like a pavement magnetic fields mashup. Um, and it's a fun song. I mean, I, I, the uh, opening line is defrost the crab claws according to the shipper's directions, which instantly just had this sort of sea shanty feel to me uh because of the word shipper yeah um i you know heard this sort of sloop john b ish thing b ish that would be spelled b s h um luckily we don't have to spell on the show either but i just did just in case but uh so that was uh and in fact i feel like that kind of came through this beach boys sloop john b ish vibe on top of the magnetic fields pavement vibe on top of the main jonah crab claws vibe yeah what what's this? Uh, I'm going to do hand motions because I don't remember the. What's this instrument? Um, he's waving his hands for those of you at home. Yeah, uh, that's the theremin yeah, you're yeah. referring to. Yeah, which is uh, basically a box with a antenna that sticks out of it, and you. It's one of the only instruments you do not touch to play. You move your hand near the antenna, and it uh, makes the sound kind of uh, like this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ooh. Yeah, good vibrations. Yeah, Beach Boys. Exactly. I could just see that overlaid on that track now. It is, as yeah. a matter of fact. That's why I can see it. <laughs> I can see the music. That's how good this book You're is. You're visionary. Yeah. Um, Tom Colicchio's Creamless, Creamless Corn. Cream corn. Soup. He wanted classic rock, uh, which is hilarious to me. I mean, well, I, he's I, a rocker, right? He's, he is. Yeah. In fact, uh, he's going to get up and play guitar with us at some of these shows, and, and um, uh, it's fun. I mean, I've, I've never actually even met Tom in person. I'm very excited to. I think probably the first time I meet him will be on stage. But uh, awesome, um, which is very brave of him. And perhaps of us as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you have a couple of release parties, um, but more specifically, one in Brooklyn, November third. That's the, the that's the official like open to the public release show. Yeah, um, and that's yeah at the Brooklyn Kitchen, the Meat Hook, which is I have such a crush on that place. That place is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I come here for the pizza, and then I go there afterwards. It's kind of my for the meat dessert. Yeah, yeah, it, it's my <laughs> my my trip to Mecca. Have uh, you been there yet, Lee? Oh yeah, I buy the chicken stock. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, awesome. when I can't make my own, I buy the chicken stock there. Um, so, yeah, that's very exciting. And there's actually some, like, Richmond, Virginia connection with the Brooklyn Kitchen, which is where I'm from. Oh, yeah? Richmond. Every huh. time I go there wearing my VCU hat, like, everyone behind the counter is like, VCU Rams. Oh, okay. So. I'm glad it wasn't some weird acronym thing that meant something weird and pervy that they were just... Like jokingly vaginal, so I'm gonna oh, stop. Yeah, <laughs> we're not FCC regular. No, Virginia so Commonwealth University. Like yeah, Never one letter about makes a difference. Yes, uh, Aron Sanchez's. So yeah, Aron. Uh, that was a challenge. That was the sort of pinnacle moment of this is a really hard project. Um, he gave us essentially two pages of a recipe for duck breast with dolce de leche ancho chili glaze and asked us to come up with a banda song um <laughs> and for those who don't know what banda is it's the big brass band that you hear playing over the speakers at mexican restaurants sometimes um love banda and love his recipe but uh it's really hard i mean you know we're basically a duo i mean a five-piece band but the composing element is joshua camp and myself and uh we don't play any brass <laughs> so and the recipe was just so incredibly long. Trying to come up with a song that used every word in there was difficult. Um, and yet, we somehow came up with something. Yeah, more than pull it off. I mean, oh, well, thank you. That's kind of you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was tricky. Andrea Rusing. Andrea Rusing. Uh, I met through John T. Edge. We had John T. had invited us to come down and play at the Southern Foodway Symposium several years ago which is where I met Andrea and also Dave Wondrick was down there. And even though he's a Brooklyn guy, met him there and immediately knew I wanted to work with both of them on this. Um, Andrea uh, is actually married to Mac, who is in Super Chunk and the main owner for Merge Records. Oh, yeah. I knew there was a music Yeah, so a whole other crazy thing, even with David Chang saying he loved like all Merge bands. I'm like, oh, well, we have Andrea, who's married to Mac, who owns yeah. Merge. Um, and Andrea... It's funny because she grew up in New Jersey and she grew up listening to The Boss, you know, and all these uh, other uh, New Jersey-centric bands. But she, I guess, being married to Mac and, and, uh, you know, being in the South, she's started to really love Southern rock. And I don't mean like uh, Leonard Skinner. I mean more like in the R.E.M.-ish vein. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of what she wanted was something Southern. And so we have kind of a jangly country rock song for her uh, pickled pumpkin recipe. And Michael also did an interview 
uh, in the book with her, where they where actually actually talked about like curling her hair with oh, uh, yeah. crimping. Crimping, crimping her hair with the crimping the iron and like hanging out at 16 uh, outside the stadium like hoping that uh, older men would let her into the Bosch shows which which they did <laughs> have you have you been to the lantern no no it's I'm so dying good to go. I was down there a few months ago and it was one of the best meals yeah. I've had well her oh. cookbook's lovely I yeah. need to buy it yeah I keep seeing it in cooking the, in a moment yeah, yeah. No, she's great and um, yeah so that was a lot of fun working with Andrea yeah and Michael Simon. Michael Simon. Uh, <laughs> that was, I guess, the third song we did, and he requested um, heavy metal, <laughs> like death, death metal. A little scream core um, stuff going on. Yeah, you know, and, and he, the recipe is octopus salad with black-eyed peas. Uh, he, uh, yes. So, I mean, I, I literally blew out my throat just trying to sing "Scream" that one. Um, and perhaps one of my favorite lines of the entire album is in his song. Which uh, is octopus from above, and it's referring to the octopus recipe from above in the recipe. But it just sounds like a stage prop, yeah, <laughs> of an octopus descending on the band on stage and yeah, and a heavy metal. Concert. That totally puts Peter Frampton's pit to shame. <laughs> giant octopus being lowered down onto the stage, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, it's not just chefs. You have a whole bunch of amazing food writers, right? Um, as well as interviews with the Including chefs. yourself. Yeah. yeah. I didn't You're not allowed to, to say sh- that, but I'm, we're going to go there. <laughs> so didn't this, yeah, this, the CD is in a book, yeah. which has then essays by famous food writers like and Michael interviews. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like Michael Harlan Jekyll and Melissa Clark from the New York Times, Christine Mulkey from Bon Appetit, talking about their relationship between food and music. Yeah. In addition to these great personal interviews that Michael did with the chefs talking about their love of music and then the actual recipes. Yeah. Well, here's, I mean, here's the thing is, is the, as you all know, everyone knows the CD world is dying quickly. No one's buying CDs. Um, and you know, so the idea of releasing the project as something that's more of a fetish item, a cool physical thing that you would want to show off and have fun looking at, you know, uh, makes sense and this project lends itself lent itself to that perfectly you know and so i mean having black balloon lee and elizabeth coke come on board and actually make that a reality is just kind of perfect for this to have you know a book and a cd and to have essays in there as well as interviews with the chefs you know fits together so, yeah um but editorial it also just really made sense because so many writers when we started talking to them had strong feelings about food and music they either had strong memories like of you know eating certain foods like one writer michelle wilgen writes about like coming home drunk after high school and playing music really loud and making cheeseburgers (laughs) like in her (laughs) sad phase you know like nobody loves me yeah you know and then smoking picturesquely in the back porch but other people had you know childhood memories or or recent understanding of of how the two combine now that people are looking at them a lot more yeah i mean creatively i think it just was taken for granted that these two things kind of symbiotically happened yeah. In kitchens, you know, people have yeah. playlists, soundtracks, or something that inspired them and didn't realize that there was this inherent connection between those two arts. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I, I feel like even though you're right in front of me, I should mention, you know, I, I had seen your photography all over the place. And you, you do f- photography for Chris Costantino and a number of chefs. And 
Uh, but then I read a piece of yours in Edible, and I was like, forget the photographer. You need to write for <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, your piece is great. It's Thank really- you. Your Thank piece you. was also like the most creative interpretation because you, you, he actually took, you took this recipe of drumsticks, how to cook drumsticks, and actually kind of set it to music with a specific song in mind. And yeah. it's Art Blakely, and it was like, it, it was written actually in the rhythm of a song. Yeah. So yeah. it was yeah. kind of amazing, really actually. Cool. It was written like jazz music. That's one it was of my great. Favorites, yeah, too. it was kind of hard, though. Um, you know, have it odd tempo, have it to the specific beats. So yeah. I had to figure out some shortcuts of cooking methods to be able to incorporate everything into the song. And it's also no offense to Dizzy Gillespie, <laughs> but there's just something about Art Blakey's version that right. just drives it that much more for me. And just feels like, I think I actually heard it before I started cooking and it had the same kind of energy that I, uh, you know, cooked with. So, well, that's just it. I mean, the whole idea of food and music and, you know, what do you listen to when you're cooking and, and does does music inspire you in any way with your cooking or vice versa? And, you know, all that stuff is hopefully addressed in this book. And yeah. Yeah, it's fun. And people can get a taste of those uh, drumsticks slash chicken wings November 3rd, I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. That's going to be fascinating. Um, we're actually going to go to break, but we're going to listen to Chris Cosentino's Brains and eggs during it and for all your listeners out there also go on the internet and see that white boy dance (laughs) yeah (laughs) you've been listening to food scene on heritage radio network we'll be right back the 
welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Here with Michael Hurst of The Recipe Project, TheRecipeProject.com. Lee Newman of Black Balloon Publishing, who put out the book slash CD. And you were just listening to Chris Cosentino, Brains and Eggs Recipe, sung by One Ring Zero. Well done. That's a lot of names and words. I know. I'm just going <laughs> to let you go because I'm out no, of breath. That was great. That was awesome. <laughs> um, Lee was actually telling us during the break that there is a really cool app on the website as well. Can you tell us a little more about that? Um, yeah. Well, we just part of our mission of our publishing house is to try and use as much digital uh, uh, paraphernalia as we can to help revive you know the book industry, the local book industry, yeah. the indie the indie book and indie music industry. So we created an app called uh, Music with songs, hmm, songs short enough to sing by. So basically what you can do is you can download the app directly from our site at therecipeproject.com. And you can put free. any... It's a free app, which yeah, is super Yeah, you're right. Cool. It's absolutely it's free. Frap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can get it. And you just pick seven ingredients and you can punch them into the app and they will give you a recipe that you can make out of those seven ingredients, which A, you could sing, and B, you could uh, use if you were at the store and you didn't want to carry a lot of things home or you were just had seven things in your refrigerator and needed to make something out of it, yeah. like me. Yeah. Um, and also the app has uh, animated versions of the chef's songs. Um, we'll feature a different one each month, so they'll be constantly rotating. So you'll see the recipe that Michael's singing, but animated in yeah. a kind of cartoon, cool way. That is awesome. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, there's actually bonus tracks. Oh, yeah. uh, aside from the 10 songs that are actually in the book CD, there's four bonus tracks, which will be on digital, you know, on iTunes and all those places, but they're also going to be in the app and on the website. So it's a kind of a fun added feature and incentive to... I feel like well, this is a big infomercial. Yeah. You're listening to the Recipe Project infomercial. Well, it also it. cleans up dust. It does. I dropped it on the ground and kind of swept up a little bit. Well, so. the best thing with the bonus one is there's a cocktail. There's uh, a there's cocktail a, recipe. There's a cocktail. There's even one in French. Yeah. Um, so that's fun, yeah. Excellent. Cocktail Dave, from Dave Wondrich. Dave, Dave Wondrich, yeah. He gave us a uh, prescription julep, which will be served at both the parties. Fantastic. Um, yeah. He'll be making them, yeah, on the third. And and, uh, and I've had it. We actually played his song at the Southern Food Maze Symposium with him making the cocktails. And somewhere on the internet, there's an embarrassing picture of the entire band with five straws in one drink. And <laughs> it really needs to be taken down. <laughs> It's not going to be taken down. Yeah, it won't be. No. That's the problem with the <laughs> internet. It'll be tagged and flown out. Yeah, that's the great thing about radio. No one can see what we're doing right now. All sipping on the same prescription julep yeah. cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> I only wish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we should have Foley's that make those kind of uh, sound effects for I think us. I just did, actually. Yeah, I can't really do any sound effects, I don't think. so. You, do need, a, you need a Foley artist here at the Heritage Food Network. If you're I would, totally, I would totally come and do food sounds at some point. Yeah. I like, have a two-year-old that will do it for you. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? You, like, slap a watermelon. I know that's one of them. Right. I think that's actually, like, a hit. So, yeah, we can come here Maybe and I, should, I can just make a CD of food Foley sounds to give you to, like, do, you know, sort of like Howard Stern style, like, but it would be more like splash yeah. and slice. And yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's let that be your next album. <laughs> yeah. Fully sounds yeah. for radio food radio shows. <laughs> I am expecting that next year. All right. Um, I also want to talk about some of the writers because Mark Kolansky, who's, you know, obviously an epic, um, novelist from cod salt. Yeah. Uh, he's great. You know, uh, gave you both a very amazing interview, which talks a little bit about food and music, uh, you know, the same energy. Right. And, uh, um, 
the exploration of how beats actually exist in both things and pacing. Um, but <laughs> the song <laughs> on how to eat a peach, yeah, is hilarious. It's it's great. Um, I uh, had met Mark at an, uh, an event. We were playing actually my songs for ice cream trucks band was playing and he was reading and uh it was right when his book uh food for a younger generation generation was coming out and uh you know a lot of the recipes are basically uh involving sustainable living and and farming and um and so i think that, that was largely the inspiration for this recipe on how to eat a raw peach and it really is simply that. It's like step one, hold the peach in front of your face. Two, part your hair. Three, you know. Um, and musically, he wanted uh, something kind of classical. And he originally said like a sonata form. I guess Mark also plays some cello. Oh, yeah. And was really just in, had, he was having a moment with the Bach cello suites. And um, so. Yeah, I just was having that moment like 15 <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, the song is this very short blip of uh, a, a tune that sounds like an old 78 with, with Enrico Caruso singing. In fact, <laughs> recorded my Victrola, the needle dropping on the vinyl, and, and that's in there, and then sped the whole thing up and made it warbly while the song is sung about this piece. But it was interesting because when uh, Black Balloon and Lee came on board, Lee was like, oh, I love Mark Karlansky, and she had worked with him. Yeah, uh, I used to be his editor at Travel Holiday. Oh, yeah. I had worked on stories like about French chocolate, and you know, I just hadn't seen him in a long time. When I used to work in the magazine world, so it was like it was joy, you know, yeah. to to then sit down and talk to him about music and food. And I just thought Michael's song was so. I mean, well, in his interview, I mean, he gave some of the best. The interview in the book, he gave some really just fantastic little bits about food and music, and maybe maybe Lee can share some of those. Well, he says, you know, my menus are sonatas that begin with an allegro movement. The third movement needs a surprise. You know, he says things like that. He sees absolutely the correlation between composition of food and composition of music. Um, about rhythm, he says, I listen to music with a good dance beat because it imposes a rhythm, which is important when you are cooking. If you cook with a sense of rhythm, it will impose restraints and balances, which is one of these things he keeps talking about, like restraining your style, developing a purity of food, and not getting, not throwing in every ingredient, you know, but thinking about the exact one that will make the kind of impact that you want to create. Same thing, I guess, correlates with music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all it's a similar thing. And and Mark is not even necessarily a chef. I mean, he's he's one of the only people, or maybe the only person in the project that has a song that's not, you know, a chef in the sense of has a restaurant and is on the Food Network or yeah. whatever. So, uh, but working with him has been great. Yeah. Have you ever seen him eat a peach? Well, we will at the release show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can make him eat a peach yeah. on stage. Yeah, yeah well, they totally. play the well, they play the song. Yeah. Oh, um, no, I've never seen him eat a peach just yet, and I, I may not want to ever see him eat a peach again after this. But uh, yeah. it's not exactly peach season either, so we we'll have to grow your hair. Let's out, Let's not Mark. let him eat a canned peach. <laughs> How to eat a canned that. peach by Mark Kalansky, <laughs> The sequel. Slick your hair back. <laughs> Some of the other written pieces. Um, we're about life experiences like Emily Kaiser Thalen. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool to uh, see the progression of that piece and then have like JJ Good talk about, you know, wines that pair with Mexican music. Um, what else was in there? The thing that boggles my mind is that you could have had so many more pages in this book. This thing could have exploded. Lee, how did you 
you know, put bookend this project. <laughs> restrain yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do we restrain ourselves? Well, Costs. we weren't paying anybody a ton of money. <laughs> we eliminated a lot of people. You really had to be into the yeah. idea and think it was good. Yeah. And then you had, and a lot of people actually were. We probably had about seven more people involved whose writing we really liked. I was just emailing people, literally, and yeah. being like, I read this book by you, or we, you know, or I mean, Michael was just going up to writers and being like, do you want to do it? Or I was cold emailing people and being like, I really saw your column about this, and people really wanted to do it. They kind of ran out of time because a lot of the really talented writers in the world have a lot of writing to do. Yeah. Um, but the people that did sort of stick with us, we sort of just decided to, we were really working together. Like that piece with Emily was tons of back and forth. You know, we gone through, she actually even wrote a short story for us too, which we're going to do something with, yeah. which is terrific. It's like this sort of fairy tale, um, Viennese, I don't know what myth about this, uh, about waltzing in Vienna and a chef who gets so um, caught up in the idea of being perfect that he can't compose anymore. Hmm. And um, I'm actually not sure what we're going to do yeah, about well, that. That was the, the first of the website is you yeah, can, we're gonna infinite keep, content. Um, yeah. And I would love to have more. I think we should add more. I think that, you know, we didn't even tap fiction writers. Sequel. Yeah. You know, we didn't even tap fiction writers that, you know, um, we went mostly after food writers who were familiar with food, but we also had some people who were music writers who were interested in foods like Sasha at, at the New York times. I mean, at the New Yorker was really supportive. He didn't, he got overwhelmed and couldn't write for a piece, but he was completely saw the connection what we were talking about. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, there, there was, I mean, as far as end capping it, you know, it's like how much is too much like obviously if it's just too much con- I mean even the songs we could have done it's it's basically an EP it's 10 songs yeah. you know it's not yeah. a full length album in that it's sense it's more than an EP because I mean yeah. were you impressed by yourself you're, you're the <laughs> breadth of style that you actually covered is tremendous um, so it, it was feels, a challenge yeah. yeah I mean it was it was a lot of hard work and, and it uh, you know and even playing them is, is a tricky thing too but um, but yeah, it's just trying to, you know, I feel like less is sometimes better than too much. I mean, you could do an encyclopedia, but having just a, a well-curated collection of stories and a well-curated album is, you know, here, yeah. here's what we think is... And I miss that album feeling. I feel like the, the writing does have an album feel. Like, mm-hmm. there are softer pieces, there are serious pieces, like Jonathan Dixon's piece about growing up in fundamentalist, fundamentalist Christian family and like refining his kind of spirituality through food is a serious piece whereas there's really funny pieces like um uh the piece uh what's his name i'm so sorry i'm just a little bit slow um matthew amster burton's piece about feeding his child polish dumplings which is just really funny i mean it's just funny yeah i just feel like what was really cool too is that it did feel inclusive of this national food movement it felt very regional well, without having yeah there's definitely a scene i mean and and part of it you know of the writers in this book you know i guess lee got about half of them i got about half and it's like we, but we had a lot of crossover we knew a lot of the same people like jonathan dixon we're both friends with and right. you know i had gotten to know emily when she was working at food and wine and she's no longer there but you know she is such a great writer had to have her and emily was like oh we you should have a wine thing with J.J. Good and suggested right. J.J. Good, who I was excited to meet because I'm a big fan of his work. And, yeah. Um, you know, so it was like just there There really is a scene, you know, and in fact, you're included just getting to know all these people. The fact that I know you and you also know my brother and we both know Emily and, you know, it's it's kind of an amazing thing happening in, in the culinary world and specifically, you know, what I know mostly here in New York, but also San Francisco and L.A. and Chicago and uh, I mean, all over the place. Yeah. Really. 
But that is cross-curricular. Yeah. It's not just in the kitchen. Right. It is a scene, but it's also like a shared love. I think everyone, you know, it's something exciting to talk about food. It's not sort of, it's not an exclusive topic. You know, sometimes, you know, if you don't know enough about something, if you don't know about opera, you feel like, okay, I can't talk about opera because I don't, I've only seen, you know, La Boheme. That's what I've seen. Yeah. But like with food, just about anybody can get pretty into it. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that creates a conversation that's that's open to a lot of people. Also, yeah, that's true. I mean, everyone can talk about it, and there's also a huge thing happening in yeah. in the world right now. I mean, it's like food in the past. It's like, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are like 10 channels now on cable yeah. that are devoted to food. It's like, that's just crazy. Mm, I you don't know? have cable. Well, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just the food movement is out of control in a good way. I mean, it's fantastic what, what has been happening over the past decade. And... Uh, um, it's changed everything. It's changed how we think about things in a green way, you know, it, cooking locally, how we think about animals, how we think about farming, how we think about our landscape. How we think about music now. Well, yeah. And, yeah. and how we think about music. <laughs> well, and part of that statement is that in some ways the chefs are the new rock stars. You know, I mean, yeah. these guys are better known. Mario Batali is way better known than so many rock stars out there at this point, you know. And, um, so it's like, why not celebrate that and, and kind of pay homage to the whole thing with this project you know and, and put that all together here are rock star chefs with music now and with these short stories and essays and um yeah it's that, the moment that was the best part too actually listening to michael talk to david chang about music the two of them were such a <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I thought the food was better but <laughs> <laughs> really about music they were both so knowledgeable it was like at times i was like wow you know what i loved was when we we uh had lunch with David and he brought out all this amazing food and it was just incredible. And then as we were leaving was, uh, the staff meal and it was just a big vat of hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) And actually it looked really good, but it was just hilarious, you know, um, at Malpesh or where was that? Yeah. Yeah. Malpesh. Yeah. No, I know those days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's why I don't eat hot dogs anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Come experience the recipe project with Michael Lee. A whole bunch of contributors as well. November 3rd, Brooklyn Kitchen. I'm so excited to see this hit the shelves, too. Uh, October 15th? Yep, yep. Saturday. Yeah, so Saturday. October 15th. And it will be in the fronts of Barnes & Noble stores on the 18th. Fantastic. This is actually going to air on the 18th at 3 p.m. And we'll be heading away uh, to your Manhattan release party. So the book came out three days ago. You should go get it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is very back to the future. <laughs> yeah. I also I wanted to make some kind of Marty McFly reference, but I realized I don't know any movie quotes or so we'll just skip that for now. The recipeproject.com. Congrats, Michael Lee. So excited to be a part of this. Thanks so much for having all. us. Your show is great. And yeah. you're a fabulous interviewer and writer. Yeah. And photographer. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know what to say Love other fest. than be back here next Tuesday at three. <laughs> Cheers. Heritage Meat Shop has just opened in the Essex Street Market. 
Open from 9 to 7 Monday through Saturday and 10 to 6 on Sundays, the Heritage Meat Shop supports independent family farms and animal welfare approved and certified humane raising standards. Most importantly, they offer a wide variety of heritage breeds. So stop by, get a sandwich, try the charcuterie, the Heritage Meat Shop at the Essex Street Market. This is a public service announcement from Sea to Table and Slow Food NYC. On October 11th, sustainable seafood distributor Sea to Table will join Slow Food New York City to host an event celebrating the bounty of local New York seafood. The event, Slow You Sustainable Sashimi, will feature a tasting of four fish species from local Montauk waters. The event will take place on Tuesday, October 11th, from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Institute of Culinary Education, 